do it, and then I have work trouble that I need to check on. <laughs> now we have a job. Oh, cool. Have a good job. I mean, she was happy. And then the chicken wire was working over from the start of this side, and then we're pulling in. And I put up, I put the board position. Perfectly matched, and so we had to pull that thing off. And I figured if I had some, if I had some, I could get that done.
undefeated the grave raised to life our God is able in his name we overcome for the Lord our God is able lifted up he defeated the grave raised to Everybody, hey, it's good to see you. It's uh, we we hear, hear that the uh, eyes are the windows to the soul, so I see some souls today. It's good to see that. Um, for everybody, welcome online. The rest of people who are here, we are in our partial opening, and we're glad. I'm glad to see some faces. Um, uh, and so, um, even though it's this much of them, um, all right. Um, but the other thing is, hey, did you think you were in the wrong place? Okay, hey, pretty awesome, huh? Um, so I just want to thank Keith. Keith led this. Um, Bill Aubrey, Dana, um, Jim Forsman. I know Jake came and helped out. And Danny. Uh, Danny and I took a lot of stuff to the, to the dump. It was fun. Um, but, hey, this is awesome, right? God is good. Um, and we are excited to have, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like Haven 3.0. Our first uh, 1.0 was when we started out. Uh, 2.0 is when we got in here, so here we are again, and so um, we're going we're gonna to open with prayer. We're going to stand and worship. You got masks on. We know the, the governor's rules and stuff, but we can worship the Lord, you know, in, in everything that we have, so uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you, and we thank you that, hey, this, uh, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and definitely none formed against you, and so we recognize that these last, yes, 13 weeks have been trying for every one of us. Um, but God, you are healing. You are answering the prayers of your people, and you're working through it. And so, God, we um, we just come to you today and lift up our hearts uh, to you, and just are thankful um, that that you, God, are very present in our lives. And so, bring to us what you have. Let us just celebrate you, and let us just worship your name. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. So let's just stand up.
precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me When your car is broken 
Positive. Isn't this going to be fun, huh? Okay, so hey, let's look at some stuff here today. We want to touch on our prayer request as we are staying positive. Um, our, our prayer request, like even in the midst of that, some of these things have changed, and it's great to, uh, we, to start with a, a praise today in our prayer request. Michelle uh, Kipp, you saw up here, it was good to sing with again. Um, Michelle had a praise report that her aunt, Vivian Sheets, who was put on, um, the, uh, we had a week there where we had like five people that were on COVID. Um, she has been removed off of the COVID-19 ward at Calvert Manor Nursing Home and is doing well. So we want to thank God for his healing there from, in Michelle's family. Um, Lois Adams, uh, has prayer for her cousin, Linda O'Brien, who is now in the hospice center in South Carolina, and it could be days or hours, and she's in God's care, and they just pray for her family and her friends. And ultimately, we want to continue. As you know, we should, we should step this up as a church. Prayers for our country. I mean, it has been a mess, and we need a lot of prayers. I don't, I don't care what party or affiliation is. We are all God's children, and we need to get this right, okay? So, because um, the world's watching us, um, whether we know it or not, okay? So let's, um, let's go to them. Again, if you have prayer requests, um, please go ahead and put them up on our, our website. If you're watching on Facebook Live, still go ahead and connect that way. Put the, you can put the prayer requests up now, and hopefully we'll, we'll definitely get them. If not before the end of the service, we will make sure we have them. And so we're, we are thankful for you all continuing in your prayers. Also, what we will do is at the end, we are continuing with our COVID-19 Unite 714 prayer. Um, I think they're, they're trying to get more information in because it's really small, so I got my cheaters up here now, um, and we're going to lift those up in prayer as well. So let's just pray uh, in front of the Lord right now. God, I just thank you for, um, we talked about last week, not despising small beginnings. And God, um, although we'd love to have this place packed out right now, and we'd love to have our children in our Haven Kids Ministry running out the doors after our worship and heading out in a full worship team, God, we know that we uh, are not despising this new beginnings that we have here. And so, God, we give you thanks for all those steps, for the positive direction that you're, we're, we're heading in right now. But Lord, we also want to lift up uh, for, for praise um, Vivian Sheets, and thank you that um, that this uh, horrific disease that hit her early in uh, the last couple months, that now she seems to be uh, getting through that and healing. So we thank you in that, in that way, Lord. Um, for uh, Lois Adams and for her cousin, Linda O'Brien, who is, uh, it looks like she's nearing the end of her uh, life here. God, we ask that your presence be with her and her family. For the others that we've shared with over the last um, several weeks. I know for Katie Jones's family and her uncle continue to be with them. Um, and God, ultimately, for uh, prayers for our country, we um, 
uh, many of us just don't know what's going to come next, and we, we have that feeling. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, God. And so what we just ask is that more than ever, that you become more real, more visible, um, that you cause your church to be the church that you would have us be. And in that, Lord, we're going to pray the Unite 714 prayer, which starts with Habakkuk um, chapter 3. and says, O oh Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O oh Lord, I... Do I fear in the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. And in Hebrews, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. And those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. And in 1 Corinthians, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. And in 2 Chronicles, if my people... The verse that we have been praying for all the way through. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. And so, Heavenly Father, we've come before your throne of grace in the name of Jesus. We are united in prayer and we are in all of the ways you have been faithful to your people over the centuries. Time and time again, you have revived your church and poured out your spirit on all the people of the world. We are not satisfied by hearing of past glory and magnificent moments. We believe we have come to our own historic hour and the world is desperate for a touch from heaven. With millions still in the grips of COVID-19, supply chains ruptured and the world economies broken, we cry out to you, Father, for a fresh move of your Holy Spirit. Repeat in the day what you have done throughout history. As your church proclaims your gospel, we ask you to revive us. We pray and ask you to redeem millions from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And with that, God, I ask that you bring healing amongst those tribes and nations and, and people from all over. We are thankful for the way that you are mitigating COVID-19 in many of the cities and nations of the world, and we will not forget your mercies to us during this time. Yet we also will not forget all the nations and people around the world who are still quarantined in their homes with food supplies short, with no clear end in sight, in some places increasing violence. Many people feel imprisoned with no way of escape. And so, God, we ask you today to meet them with your provision, your power, and ultimately, God, bring your peace. For Heavenly Father, only you have the ability to halt the invading fear and pain that has fractured our world. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to eradicate COVID-19 and the hurting people and hate and destruction in every force and every way that it may be in our world. And, Lord, in the hour where many places in the world are being shaken by political, religious, and ethnic tensions, we thank you for the empowering of your church by the Holy Spirit to walk in love and unity. Deeply examine our hearts so that we can repent from every bias and prejudice toward any other human being, all who were created in your image. Based, if it's based off of their political affiliations, their ethnicities, their nationality, their religion, or something else. God, we pray that you will fill us afresh with empathy, love, and understanding and forgiveness as the world around us may erupt in tension and pain. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we humbly ask that you heal our lands from political, ethnic, religious, hatred, and any other kind of division that fuels us. And we ask and claim this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And we all say, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Boy, I, I can't wait for Jesus. I don't know about you. 
I'm just ready. Um, okay, so a couple of things. We want to hit on a few announcements that we do have, and I'm glad to see those of you who are here today. Again, um, hopefully many of you did get, uh, that are here, and those of you watching, did get connected on text and emails. Again, you saw we were not trying to hammer you with that. We just want to get out information. And what was funny, when we started this, we were talking about doing this for snow. Thank the Lord we aren't talking about that anymore, right? And we didn't get much this year, um, but boy, did we get something else we bargained for. Somebody the other day said to me, I missed 2019. Uh, and so, so with that, um, again, please get connected, stay connected, because as we see with um, our governor and others, things are changing rather rapidly, and, and it looks like it's changing in a good area, and um, we, we really pray and hope that that continues during this time uh, more and more. So we are in phase two now, um, and uh, even though our governor did joke about the 10, nobody's following anyway. That's not very helpful to public groups. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, he'll open that up a little bit more and it'll be safe. Um, in addition, um, those of you who are sitting here know this and the rest of you, um, registration for next week, we are still continuing in this pattern of registration for next week. Was it that bad coming in today? You guys feel good? Okay, good. So um, uh, but registration will be uh, start at 10 a.m. tomorrow. So if you want to register for next uh, week, be ready. Go ahead. It was pretty easy, the registration and and, uh, the process, and we hope um, that everything's there. And so we, again, also continue with this prayer that I just read today. Um, this prayer will be uh, available to you again um, as we are asking you to continue to do that. Um, 7.14 in the morning, 7.14 in the evening, and we can continue. So we are starting a new series. Hopefully, you guys, I don't know whether you even paid attention or not. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we went through the book of James. And I don't know about you, but it was, it was hard. It was hard, but it was good, right? Um, hard and sometimes, sometimes the best things in life are not feel-good sermons. Sometimes the things are just to make us go, hey, I got I to gotta work on some stuff with God. And so we are starting a new series today, which is called Positively New Normal. Okay, Positively New Normal. And um, it, just to give you a, a rundown, the next few weeks um, we are going to talk about, um, it, next week is going to be Enough Complaints. Um, and then it's going to be a new confidence and a new encouragement. But today, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Enough bad news. Enough bad news. Um, I tell you, it's um, enough is enough, okay? Put my glasses down here. Um, I don't want to sound negative, but I'm really tired of the negativity that exists. I'm negative about the negativity that exists. Is anybody else with me? Anybody here? All right. So it's overwhelming everywhere. Um, I was undergraduate journalism when I was in college, and I, I love journalism. I love news. And I got to say, I can't stand it now. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we have people who are dying, who have been dying. We have jobs that have vanished. So thankfully, many of those came back right when stuff started to open up this week. The economy has been struggling. Um, we have a nation that is divided. Um, racism, unfortunately, is alive and well in our, in our country. Violence and politicizing of every kind of thing is at every turn. Um, and the prevailing thought that you seem, reminds me of an REM song, for those of you who know who that is. It's the end of the world as we know it. 
And I don't feel fine. Like, you know what I mean? I feel, I feel something different that exists here. And I got to tell you, one of the things that's bothersome about everything is that it's so easy to get sucked into the negativity that exists there. Anybody in that, in that boat with me? Okay, well, social distance in the boat, but um, it's there. So, but it's easy to get sucked into that anxiety, to get sucked into the negativity, to get sucked into the fear. And honestly, um, at times, I'm emotionally on the edge um, throughout this whole process. Um, whether it's the, the big picture of things that are negative or it's just interpersonal things. Um, how many were locked up with people for a while and you're thankful that you got out of your house? All right, so, uh, you know, we had nine people. It went pretty well for the most part. But there are times where you're like, remember the old commercial, Calgon, take me away. You know, you wanted to hide. So, I mean, when the bathroom becomes your solace where you can lock the doors, that's a good, that's pretty bad, right? Um, but we have these things. So a lot of times we're emotionally on edge. Um, we get, if you're like me, at times you can become easily angered by something that, that goes there. Or you may become, a high, anxiety may go to the point where you're extremely discouraged. And then you start to ask the questions, can we ever rebuild what we ever had? Is there any hope that exists here? And see, so these are some of the things that go on in my life and probably in yours. And in that, I got to be honest, I, I try, but I struggle with the pull of negativity. It combats at times with how I'm trying to see that with God's help, that there's good in the middle of all this bad. It's hard to find now in many places. And I'm fighting to keep a faith perspective and a positive attitude through these last 13 weeks. You see, like, how does everything end up positive when all we see is this and that and deaths and rise and, and protests and riots and hatred and evil? And we see it all over the place. And, I, you know, I started thinking about this, and so I asked several of my kids the other, um, the other night, I said, is, when, let's say you're old like me, 50, okay, getting close to 50. Um, and I said, and you have a chance to look back, and you say, what was positive about this time? And what was one thing that was funny, interesting is many of them said that family time and more time together. Um, one of them shocked me and said, hey, that we have more tolerance for each other and maybe for others. Um, and uh, one of them said, it's scary, but I was able to get through it with my family. And then the last one said, it really helped me. Um, my daughter Rachel was supposed to graduate. She was one of the supposed to graduate. And she did if that's what it's called, right? You know, because we're used to pomp and circumstance. And it was interesting. She said to me, if she said family, but she said, you know, one of the things, I said, what do you do with the, your graduation and all, and all those things, your prom that you didn't have and, and that kind of stuff, although we did have something for her. Um, she said, I think it prepared me for the fact that life is going to bring you disappointment. And the things that you plan for don't always work out the way you want them to be. And she, she looked at that as a positive. And so I started to look at this, and I said, okay, you know, this makes sense. Um, but, you know, so what we're going to do is, you know, I would love nothing better than have rows and not like, you know, chairs that look like an adolescent beard. You know what I mean? Patched all over the place. I would love more than that. I would love to have a full team and, and you know, just church as normal, right? I would love that. 
I love to have the kids in a Sunday school and that kind of stuff going on. But I also recognize that we, we do need to be smart. And by being smart, we're going to wash our hands. We're going to six-foot social distance. We're going to wear masks in public. We're going to do hand sanitizers. Um, isn't it funny now that you see somebody without a mask and it's like it was five months ago when you saw somebody with a mask, you know? Um, and we're going to do everything possible to be healthy, but we're also, we also need to do everything possible to be positive in this. And how do we do that? We need to look with faith that God is still on the throne. And regardless of what happens here, he is in control. You see, a negative outlook never leads to a positive life. Never, 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 ever. And I've had enough bad news. And you know, I, it's been a while since you've heard me tell a story, so I figured I'd share some today. And there is a guy who went to the doctor. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, Sir, I'm afraid your DNA is, is backwards. And the, the man said, And? Get it? DNA backwards. Sorry, okay, that wasn't bad. All right. <laughs> Took you a while, right? You're a little slow on the draw. But this one, hey, trust me, that's more laughs than I've gotten in 13 weeks. It works. All right. So uh, Jim and Melinda weren't laughing at anything. Uh, but, um, so here's one. A man goes to the doctor. And after the exam, the doctor says, I have some bad news to, for you. You have a fatal disease. And the man says, oh, gosh, doc, how long do I have? The doctor replies, 10. The man says, what, 10 days, 10 weeks? 10, 10 years? And the doctor said, nine. Eight. That's bad news, right? That's real bad news. Okay, so, uh, see, Dana, they didn't like it as much as you and I did. But anyway, um, that's bad news. That's real bad news that we have. And I've had enough of it. And how do we do it? We need to have a positive faith and an optimistic future. And so when we talk about optimism, I want to share a couple things. I want to share what it's not. And I want to share what it is, okay? So we're going to start with, um, with what it's not, what it's not. It is not a denial of reality. Have you ever met people who are so optimistic that they're annoying that they don't look at any bit of reality? Like, oh, yeah, everything, you know, no, it's, it's not. They just put on blinders and go out. It's not put your head in the sand, that it's pie in the sky and everything's okay. Um, you know, we, we really recognize that we have a ton of challenges in our world, in our country, and in our lives, don't we? Um, and we have that. And, and so to put our, to put our uh, face in the sand and believe that we don't have a racial issue in our country is wrong. To put our head in the sand and don't realize that COVID is a real thing is wrong. To realize that we don't have challenges of monetary and to realize that we, uh, monetary issues and we, don't, and we realize that we don't have interpersonal relationships, to put our heads in the sand and do that is completely wrong. So we can have the optimism that's a denial of reality. It's also not blind faith. It's not a naivete or um, a naive hope or wishful thinking and that everything's, that it's like Bob Marley. Remember Bob Marley? Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing. It's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, right, Bob, okay? You know, Bob didn't deal with this world that we have now, but he, he dealt with a lot of things. It's a nice song. It's catchy, three little birds on the window, but the little birds are like, get away from me. They're freaked out, you know? And so what we're seeing is there are issues that are here. Not everything works out the way we want it to. Like Rachel mentioned, you know, hey, part of life that you're learning is dealing with disappointment. 
in life. And that is not just blind faith. We talked about that last week, how sometimes people will say, oh, you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. And that's garbage from the pit. Um, Things don't work out. But optimism is not that things need to work out the way you want them to. So what is optimism? Well, definition of optimism is this that I found online because nobody picks up dictionaries anymore. We look on dictionary.com. But optimism is confidence about the future or a successful outcome. Notice not, it's not confidence about the situations. It's not confidence about that what we get is what we want. But it's that the future or there's going to be an eventual successful outcome. And so what I want to do is I want to take this definition, but I want to put some God into it and give a spiritual definition of this. So what is optimism for the Christian? Optimism is the unwavering expectation that our loving God is working out every situation for our future good. I'm going to say that again. That optimism is the unwavering, that we just don't, we don't waver in it. Expectation that no matter what we see, our loving God is working in absolutely every situation for our future God. In other words, we have a, as the old hymn writer said, blessed assurance. We have a blessed assurance deep within our souls that God loves us and is working for our future good. How's this stated? We're going to spend some time today in Romans chapter 8. And here it is. And Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says, And we know that in all things God works for the good. How many things? How many? All things. All things. Does that mean that God is working in COVID-19? Yeah. Does that mean that God is working in the midst of protests? Yeah. Does it mean that God is working even in the midst of violence in the world? Yes. Does it mean that God is working in broken economies and in the messed up political system that we have right now? Does it mean that God is working? Yes, because God is working in all things. All things. Why? For, it works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to to his purpose. That means if you are going through these hardships, you have a horrible boss, you have an annoying family that you spent time with them a ton, and if you're thrilled to be out. Um, The financial hardship, if you have just about ready to pull your hair out because you had to help homeschool your children during this time, whether it's the insurmountable, that, that, that what seems like the insurmountable um, racism and political and re- relational and political structure, and whether it's a painful br- uh, breakup or a crushing disappointment that many people have had, our God is working for the good of those who love him. And so if we don't see God working in the goodness of us, we need to ask ourselves, how much do we love him? Because God wants to work out that. Even in the negative situations, there is still potential for a positive purpose. Why? Because God is working in all things. So here's what I want you to do right now. I'm going to have you pause. I'm going to have you pause right now. And I want you to think about what you think about, okay? Think about what you think about. Like, for instance, how do you see the future? 
I had several discussions this week where I said, I don't know what world we're handing to our children. I heard somebody who had, a, um, who had an interesting discussion after, um, after everything in Minnesota and, and around our country. And he said he had, he was an African-American man who actually said to his children and others, we need to apologize to you because we handed you something horrific. That's amazing that we can do, we can go over that. So what do you think about? What is it that you're thinking about when it looks to the future? If your thoughts are, here's the reality, if your thoughts are consumed by negativity, guess what? If it's, cons- if it's consumed by fear and worry or anxiety, all you're going to see is bad news. Why? Because what consumes your mind controls your life. I have said when I've done counseling, when I've done discussions, when I've talked to people, I have constantly said this. Your perception is your reality. Have you ever had to try have a logical conversation with someone and their perception is completely illogical? Anyone? And you have kids. <laughs> okay. So you know this happens, right? And they are never going to listen to the logical possibilities and the logical things that you have because the reality is they're right. And so when our perception becomes our reality and we think about certain things, that's where it is. Whatever consumes our mind controls our life. Uh, In your life, they reflect those things that we think about. This is what what the writer of Proverbs, Solomon said in Proverbs 23, 7, where he said this, um, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You're a product of what you think. I'm a product of what I think. If you think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, if you think you can't trust anybody, if you hate your life and your circumstances, then I'm going to say that if that's how you wake up that morning, it is not going to be a good day for you. Because guess what you're going to find? If you think the world is going to hell in a handbasket and somebody cuts you off on the road, you're going to be like, see? If you think you can't trust anybody, somebody lets you down, you're going to say, boom, that's everybody. Nobody's trustworthy. Nobody's worth it. If you hate your life circumstances, you are not going to have a happy life. If you start your day negative, it's going to be the most negative day that you're going to have, and you're going to be known what is known as a pessimist. And there's some things about pessimists, and it's going to be negative. You have that negative filter of pessimism, and that's why the quality of your life will never exceed the quality of your thoughts. And it's a big problem. There's a lot of big problems with pessimism. So what can we say about pessimism? Pessimists tend to view negative events as personal and as permanent. Personal. What does that mean? It's my fault. I'm no good. I'm useless. I'm a failure. I'm worthless. I'm never going to measure up to anybody. I'm a screw up. And I'm completely unworthy of anybody's love. Now, I dare say some of us sitting here right today are in the sound of my voice um, and, and my, my vision online have probably felt that way at some times. Probably coming from the negative thoughts that were in your head. And before long, those personal things go ahead and become permanent. 
where you say, we're never going to have normal life. The economy is always going to be broken. I'm never going to get that job that I wanted. This virus is never going to get away. I am going to have to wear a mask forever. I really looked for a bubble boy costume. If you don't know what that is, Google it. They don't have them. I am so brokenhearted. If you know where it is, please let me know. I want to put myself in a bubble boy. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm demented, I know. All right. Um, if you believe that the world is never going to be a safe place again, that's what you're going to say. Protests and riots were never going to have unity. Permanent means that bad things are always going to happen to me. No good trying. It's never going to change. It's only going to get worse. I'm always going to struggle, and I'm always going to be the victim. You see how that flows into the pessimism of our life? You know, see, being content and satisfied and blessed and optimistic is a state of mind. Because what controls our mind controls our thoughts. So what consumes your thoughts is a question I have. Do you have faith for your future or do you have fears? So what do we do? You know, when we kind of, you know, how many times you may have been like so excited today to come to church and something happened on the way and you're like, should have stayed home and watched online. Right? Why are they even out here for it? They're supposed to be locked away still, right? We have these things. Um, and so those things, they, they get into our spirit and it's so easily to drift to the negative so easy to drift in the negative. Not only in the world stuff, but personally. Somebody says something or somebody does something, and it's sometimes you're, you're dealing with personal things, and you just, you just want to shut out the world. You want to shut out everybody when you're not really happy about how things are going on in your life. It is difficult to fight off the negative. If you just fear and you're in dread. And... So what do we do? Well, there's a plan here, and I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to display this, how it works. And it's hard, but it's easy. And, and did not you notice that? Isn't that the Christian faith? It's easy, but it's hard. And so let's look here. So what do we need to do? We need to starve our fears and feed our faith. Starve our fears and feed our faith. Why? Because what you feed grows. What you starve dies. Most of the time, we have it backwards. We feed our fears, and when you turn on the tube, when you do some social, a lot of social media, it feeds your fears. And we usually starve our faith. Many of you are glad to be here at some sort with mask or whatever because you need to feed your faith. And so you, you need to see somebody and you need to experience some of that. So that's part of what, what, what the joy in you is today. But don't be surprised if you leave here and something starts to take that food that you had in your faith and start to throw it to your fears. Again, where you get home and you get a phone call or something doesn't work out the way you thought it would. So how do we do this? How have I kind of had to start this? Because... I need to starve some of the wrong voices that are in, out there, and then also want some that are in, interpersonal. There's some that I need to, that's, there's, there's some, some people and situations that just rob me of my joy. 
You know what I mean? They steal my joy. And I allow them. And there's other things that I need to feed to grow my faith. So what do I do? One of the things that I've had to do during this time to starve my fears is to not watch news all day. To put something up on Facebook for five seconds and move on. I don't care. Because if God's still in control, what's it matter? I mean, ultimately, if COVID wiped off the whole earth and I'm one of them, I'm free from this prison I call my flesh and I get to be present with the Lord. So is that bad for me? No, that's the greatest thing that could ever happen. You see, but, but that feeds my fears when I see that time and time and time and time again. So that's where I start. So you know what I do now? I'll look in the morning, get caught up in the morning, and I'll check back in the, in the evening or in the afternoon. And I'm good. For a while there, I was watching every single press conference. And it was messing me up. It was messing me up big time. And so that's one of the things I had to do. I, you, like I said, I had to, I, 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 I'm working. It's something that's been very hard for me because I love people. But you know the problem with people is? They're people. And people come with issues. And people come to me and I've got issues. I know you're shocked. But when that happens... You can get sucked down into all this kind of stuff and just be lost in the midst of it. And so I'm looking a lot about negative voices in my life and requiring people not to just constantly be negative in my life. And so how do I feed this? How do I feed this? I feed it by the word of God. Now I gotta tell you, I have, I have a master's degree, degree. I'm a divine master, because I have a master's of divinity. That's what it makes me, a divine master. Um, I've got the paper to prove it. Um, can't show you now, because it's locked up in school. Um, but um, I hated, I'm not a reader. I'm not a big reader. I'm just not. Not my thing. Some of you read a thousand pages in like two minutes, and I want to let you know, I hate you, okay? My, this mind wanders all over the place. I have to read a page about 50 times. Anybody with me here? Okay? Because this mind never stops. It's always going. So if I have negative thoughts, sometimes when I have a positive thought, it leads to other negative thoughts and case scenarios, and this brain never stops, okay? And, and so... So what do I have to do? Well, sometimes getting the word of God in me is when I'm running, and by running, that I may not only have my favorite songs, but I may have some worship songs on. Yesterday I was, I was running um, at, a, at a park, and, and I had listened to some other music, and then all of a sudden, um, Lincoln Brewster, I don't know if anybody knows Lincoln Brewster, a guitarist, he started playing a song, and the song was, Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow from turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, unto me. You see, when you feed that in your mind, it brings about that in the midst of this heat and the midst of the sun and beauty, I didn't have a care in the world at that moment. When rooftops comes on and 
And so I shout out your name from the rooftops I proclaim that I am yours. That brings something else. When I feel worthless and useless and forgotten in the midst of life and family and, and work and other kinds of things, when I feel like what I think and what I desire doesn't matter, to know that I am yours makes something completely different out of me. So you got to find a way to fill yourself. Feed that faith that God has. Because I'm going to tell you, you aren't going to find it when you turn on the news. You're not going to find it, for the most part, on social media. You're not going to find it, sometimes, from the people that are closest to you in your life. You're going to have to find it from God and you in those times and surround yourself with those things. And so when you get into scripture, when I've gotten into scripture, I want to know, I don't want to just read it and move on anymore. I want to get into the context of it. And so we've talked about Romans chapter 18. I mean, excuse me, chapter 8. And so I wanted to get into Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8 is awesome. But it's in the context of what became it before it. You know what came before it? Very good. You guys are brilliant. <laughs> Romans chapter 7 came in there. Wesley has not lost a step, all right? He's on the wrong side of the room, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> actually, he's on the right side of the room. The room's the other way, okay? Um, but one of the things about Romans chapter 7 that I love is Paul is a complete mess. Is anybody with me that when these stained glass people, did you see their life as a mess? You know, we hear about the great miracles, but when they are a mess, I'm like, yes, thank you, I get that. And so Paul is a complete mess. He's writing in Romans chapter 7. I don't understand myself. Boy, that'll preach. Because what I want to do, I don't do. But the good that I want to do, I don't end up doing. So I keep on doing the bad, and I'm just a mess. And I like that. Because I'm a mess. And the stuff that I want to do, and the decisions that I want to make, I don't always end up doing it. I end up doing worse, and I'm like, oh man, I'm nothing. Okay? But then in Romans chapter 8, he shifts. And he says, hey, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I'm a mess, but I'm not condemned because I have Jesus. See that shift in our lives? So much we stay in Romans chapter 7 in our lives and we never get to chapter 8. What does Romans chapter 8 says here? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What? Paul said in Romans chapter 7 he needed to renew his mind. In 7 he came in and he said, I've got to renew my mind in 8. That I have this flesh versus the spirit and what I want to do I don't do. But then he says, these present sufferings. And I said, wait a second, who wrote this? This was the Apostle Paul. He said, in our present sufferings are not even comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. And I started looking at Paul's life. That Paul was imprisoned multiple times. Five times he received 40 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods and stoned with rocks. He was shipwrecked and spent the night floating on a piece of the ship out there. Thank God he didn't have Rose from Titanic or else he would have drowned. I still think Jack should have kicked her off the door. That's all I'm saying. Uh, 
It's true. All right. Um, he was betrayed by those he loved. He was beaten so badly he was left on the side of the road they thought he was dead. He looked like he was not alive. And guess what he did? The power of God and healing, he get, got back up and walked into the city where they beat him up. That's a bad dude. Wait, what did he say? Our present sufferings. All that's worse than what I've dealt with in my life, let alone these past 13 weeks. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing what God's got coming for us. That's Paul. You see, he's feeding his faith, and he's feeding our faith. So the questions I ask you now in your mind are, how are you hurting? What have you lost? What difficulties and struggles are grieving your soul at this moment? Is it a job loss? Is it worries? Are you battling cancer or no people as you've lost or you yourself are battling COVID-19? Is it relationships? Is it marriage? Is it your children? Is it your parents? Is it your siblings? You have a friend that has betrayed you. Is it the effects of this entire quarantine that just has you broken? And with all these struggles today, Scripture tells us something that's really important. That the struggle I'm in today is producing the strength I need for tomorrow. And guess what? The struggles that I'm dealing with now are not worth comparing with what God has planned for me because the unwavering expectation of our loving, is that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. And so I need to starve my fears. I need to feed my faith. And I need to renew my thoughts with God's word. Because everything else in the world is on shifting sand. I need to put my feet on the rock of Jesus Christ. And to know it's solid and it's strong. Romans chapter 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And I need this. I need to know that I'm never alone. I need to know that if I'm insecure, struggling, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is with me. You've heard that many people are here might be feeling weak and discouraged and overwhelmed and exhausted, but I'm here to tell you that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the one that picked Paul up from the side of the road where he looked like he was dead, is here and with us today. You've heard it said that God helps those who help themselves, and that's wrong. God helps those who need help. God helps those who are weak. He gives them strength. God helps those who are broken, and he puts them back together. All you have to do is cry out to him. And if you're hurting, God will comfort you. If you're confused, he will guide you. If you're discouraged, put your trust and your hope in him. If you're anxious, let him bring your peace. If you're weak, let him be your strength. Feed your faith. What does it say in Romans chapter 8? 28 that we started this with? For we know that in how much? All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his 
purpose in the good and bad days, in the heartbreaks, the bad news and the good news, in the crushing disappointments. God is always here and he is always on the throne. You know, I remember the, one of some of the first times I ever got an opportunity to go to a really, really nice restaurant. You know, most of the restaurants I've been to in my life started with Mick or Burger, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I grew up on. But I remember when I and I've had some opportunities. One was Melissa and I spent an ungodly amount years ago when we didn't have any amount. Um, at the Stratosphere up in Vegas, you know, the big restaurant that rotates, we were there and we did it and it was like a big meal and it cost a lot of money. And I'm not telling you because you'll hate me. All right. Um, but we were there. And when I found out about some of these restaurants, I've had an occasion to, you know, with friends who have taken me to places like this. Um, I found out something very interesting when you go to these, these places. Like I remember... Um, you know, like I said, I'm used to when my drink is done going back to the thing going. Look, 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 right? I'm not used to when it gets down a little bit. Somebody who has been nowhere comes out of nowhere and goes, and fills it back up, walks back over. Or the occasion when you drop a fork and this person from the shadows comes out, scoops it up in one thing, plops a new one on your table, and then goes back into the dark shadows. Anybody, anybody experienced any of this? It makes you want to knock another fork off to see how quick they get out there and scoop it up, right? And I started thinking, you know, in, in those moments when I've had those, you know, those occasional moments in life when I've had those things happen, that is God. We don't always see him, but when something falls off the table of our lives, he scoops in, boom, pops it down, you know? When we feel like we're getting empty and we're running dry, he's right there and fills us up. God is so ready to just give us the goodness if we love him and trust in him and feed our faith and starve our fears. There's a key to happiness. A lot of people will say the key to happiness is this. Lower your expectations. Don't get too excited. But no, Lower your expectations because then you won't be as disappointed. As Christians, during this time, we should raise our expectations. As Christians, we should expect God to do even greater than he's done before. I've heard so many people saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. I've even said it. But as I look about four months ago, I was complaining about how I couldn't stand normal. We should expect more as Christians. We should expect our marriages to be stronger, our families to be closer, our love to be deeper, our generosity should be greater. And Christians, we should be bolder. Our light should shine brighter. We should be more salty than we ever have if we're salt and light. And we should expect during these tragic times when the world has failed us, we should expect the harvest to be greater than ever before. You see, because our expectation should be unwavering that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. As we wrap this up today, Romans chapter 8, 38 through 39, Paul says this, For I am convinced that neither death 
nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. No matter where I go, God is there. No matter what I do, God is there. No matter what comes my way, my God is for me. No matter what the news says, God's in control. No matter who leads our country, God is in control. No matter what my personal situation, my job situation, my kids, whatever, God is in control and I need to feed my mind with the fact that he is in control. And forever and ever, he's working out good in all things. Good, bad, and different. Because you know what? Enough bad news. It's time. There's no mistake that the gospel is called good news. So let's get on it, church, and start spreading the good news. Amen? Amen. Because you have an unwavering expectation that your God is working all things for your good and a future purpose. All right, let's stand as we um, have this last worship song of the day. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I thank you. I thank you for perspective. Often, God, we have our perspective uh, skewed. We let so many others shape how we think and, and, and what the possibilities are that we lose our, our faithful worldview and we get caught up in everything else. And so, God, right now, I just ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness of not uh, being able to keep a positive perspective and a faith and a trust in you. And so, God, in the midst of that and all things, we ask for you to continue, continue to bring us the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. That when we see bad news on TV, that we will hold on to the faith that we have in you. So, God, during this time today, we will recognize that no matter what comes our way, that in all things you are working for the good. And I just thank you. God, just help me be more positive. Help me starve those fears. Help me feed that faith. That I can trust in you more. I can be a greater light that can be stronger. And God, raise my expectations for your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Through it all, through it all, it is well. 
is well with me.
It is well. It is well with your soul. Everybody have a great week, and as much as you want to hug everybody, we know how it works right now. So uh, go ahead, and here's a social distance hug from everybody. There you go. And have a great, safe week, and we just continue to pray that God is going to eradicate this all the way. Have a great week. God bless. Good seeing your eyes. Oh